It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 271, Water and Wine. Jesus is invited to a wedding at Cana, just miles south of Nazareth, and Jesus appears to bring his five disciples with him. His family's there, his mother's pleased to see him. Mary, oh Mary, in this scene, she has a request of her son at the wedding, at just the right time, when that starts his entire miracle ministry. John 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and his disciples also had been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. You can't miss the beginning here. On the third day, on the third day, just like in the beginning, through this entire program, we're talking about resurrection power. And this is the theme behind this whole story. All right, so let's Talk about customs here. Weddings are a huge deal in most cultures, much less this one. To run out of wine in this two or three day affair, I mean, this is an embarrassment to the family. It's too much. The society um, still has this female dowry system and children are often married off um, as selected by their parents. Um, it's kind of a magnificent affair with a substantial amount of savings going to the wedding and the feast. And I got four daughters and I'm just glad I don't have to pay a dowry, but we'll have a good wedding one day and maybe some of this Holy Spirit wine that we're going to cover. And now consider the symbolism. Wine always represents the Spirit. It's quite funny when, when you see them say to Jesus, we have no more wine. Basically, they're saying, we have no Spirit. But that was this time. It was dry. You think your church is dry. This time was dry and oppressive. The religious leaders have sucked the life of religion out of people. The political powers were taxing the people, sometimes into starvation and slavery. And then Jesus' mom comes along. What does she expect Jesus to do something about it, right? Like, of course she does. She expects him to do something. She knows her son is the son of God. The power of all creation flows through his veins. Why not do something, Jesus? Perhaps she's seen him you know, do miracles in his house by accident. And who knows, she's got to know his power. She has to know his power. She has incredible faith, right? She stores those things in her heart. That's what it says. Her faith was stored up for a time as this. I love Jesus's answer. It's almost as if he's implying that his mom is tempting him to sin or she's in, he's annoyed by her, speaking things out of season. John 2, 4. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. So to be clear, his time has come. 
He was anointed by the Spirit at his baptism. He defeated the devil by resisting his temptation. I think, honestly, this is me. This is my interpretation. Jesus was waiting for some communication from his Father to begin his miracle ministry. And I'm just guessing this, but perhaps he thought he was supposed to be hearing from his Heavenly Father, not his mother. Or perhaps his mom just ushered it in. Jesus wasn't too put off, though, if that's at all possible. He then prayed, probably, and his heavenly father confirmed it was the time. That's what it says. He only did what he heard and saw his father do. This time, perhaps, the father only responded with a confirmation. Now is the time. Oh, well. That's just me and probably too much information. Me trying to figure out why Jesus said woman. But hey... That's me chewing on a conversation between Jesus and his mom. Speculation, but fine. Another outrageous point here is that his mother knew the timing better than Jesus. His mother knew heaven's timing, or she ushered it in. Know that famous verse about the end of the age? Only the father knows the date or the time. Well, here, though it's not the end of the age, the father knew it. Perhaps his mother knew it too, but Jesus didn't know it. It's interesting to consider how the Father knows some things and the Son doesn't, though they are one. Mysteries we'll learn in heaven one day. You know, like what Jesus wrote in the sand in John chapter 8. I'm sure all you mothers out there know one thing. You know timing for your children, and that's something Mary displays here. And that makes Father God himself, the prophets, the tribe of Issachar, that know the times and seasons, and mothers. Four groups of people who know the times and seasons. Bless the mothers and listeners out there. John 2.6. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used for by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. We have to assume here Jesus prays or lays hands on the water used for washing, and it becomes wine. And what freaks me out is that this very first miracle was changing the physical properties of something. It was at the atomic level. Jesus is greater than chemistry. He loves working with water. Maybe there's something to it. Jesus walked on water. He turned water into wine. He brings forth the miraculous fish out of water. And he continually heals humans who are made of 60% water. Moses turns water into blood, symbolizing the Old Covenant. Jesus turns water into wine, symbolizing the New Covenant. The parallels just continue, and this is, this is the first of the miracles performed by Jesus himself. John 2, 8. Then he told them, Now draw some out, take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants had drawn the water, they knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you, you have saved the best for last. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. And after this, he went to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. And there they stayed for a few days. This master of the banquet was incredible. He pretty much preached a sermon. You have saved the best for last. And this isn't a prophecy. What is? Typically, they serve the best wine 
And when everyone's drunk, they serve the cheap stuff. No, in this case, the best wine was served for last. Jesus technically saved the embarrassment of the family, for it was not proper to run out of wine, but further it showed the outrageous power of God over all creation, but it speaks of a greater glory. We conclude this episode with the awesome picture that Jesus painted with this miracle. And it makes sense. The first miracle performed by Jesus of the New Testament should reflect the miracles of the rest of the New Testament and the time after. It's above and beyond. It's beyond the physical down to the substantial layers of the physical nature itself. It's at the atomic level. It's not just a healing and a miracle. No, it's the wonder of editing physical properties of atomic level atoms. This is what Jesus did here. He literally turned water into wine. He defied the natures of his own creation, showing his own power over creation. The massive fact here is that wine speaks of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would continue with miracles through his ministry. He would die on the cross, and the Spirit would come on Pentecost, and disciples would be known from that day forward for their activation of the gifts of the Spirit and the working of signs and wonders. At Pentecost, they would say of Peter that he was drunk. His response can be interpreted, it's only nine in the morning. And he then preached to everyone and quoted Joel 2, speaking of the outpouring of the Spirit. This was the near fulfillment of this picture, but not the far fulfillment. What's amazing is there's so much more to come if this picture holds true. If God truly saved the best for last, then get ready, world. It's coming. And with it, a radical reaping and the harvest of souls the world has ever seen. Pentecost was just the near fulfillment, but nothing like the far fulfillment of the harvest of the ages, saving the best for last. Maybe that's why the devil's raging like a lion. He knows a harvest is coming, and with it, God's Holy Spirit power. A new and fresh Pentecost. There were 3,000 saved at Pentecost. Why not 3 million in weeks, or even a billion souls over the course of a decade? He saves the best for last. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think that it would just be something God would do. A massive harvest of souls. Millions of souls before the close and into the age. We in this episode, with what is yet to come, and what we'll see before the end of the age, I want to be in the thick of it. What about you? Put me on the front row. Send me to the front lines. God, let me be in the thick of it, laying hands on the sick, seeing them get out of their beds. Give me a seat. Fill my mouth with words from heaven. God, do your mighty works. Oh, Jesus, you saved the best for last. Let your spirit be poured out over the face of the earth, that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Joel 2:28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Please make sure to subscribe, like, review, or share your podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Check out the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.